So, uh, sorry, sorry. When? From Psalm 36, reading from verse 5 to 10. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your judgments are like the great deep. You save humans and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. All people may take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. O oh, continue your steadfast love to those who know you, and your salvation to the upright of heart. Here ends our first reading. Please stand as Priscilla comes and brings us our gospel reading. Or do you want to do it from here? That's on, yeah? No, no, can you hear me now? Yeah, good. <laughs> good. The reading um, is from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not come yet. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that they had become, they become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The steward called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk, but you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee and revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. Welcome 
Welcome. I'm glad you made it this morning. This is a place to belong. Welcome. Here you can be weak, strong, honest, raw. You can rest. Welcome. Are you happy, content, in peace? Welcome. Maybe you thought, you said, you imagined you did the wrong things. Welcome. You feel you have failed badly? You feel empty, discouraged, angry, resentful, hopeless, hurt. You are mourning. Welcome. Maybe the whole week was a success. And everything is where it should be. Welcome. This is the place in which we could be all those things at the same times because we are in the making and we are all welcome. This is the place where we see each other according to our destiny and not according to our history. And somebody wants to meet you today, to listen to you, to hug you, to love you, to whisper, you are wonderful and fearfully made. You are so special. He says, welcome. I'm glad you are here. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you because you welcome us to your presence. Lord, just use me according to your will. Señor, te pido que me uses de la manera que tú quieres, Señor, y, y bendigas este lugar. Gracias, Señor. In the name of Jesus. En el nombre de Cristo Jesús. Amén. Right. Four years ago, um, the 22nd of January, 2018, I stood here and I had to talk about the same passage. I said, this is something very interesting. And on that occasion, I taught you a word in Spanish. Yes, I did. Mm. No, no, no. I'm not going to ask you if you remember it. Let's just assume you do, you know. Let's just assume you do remember. So this morning, I thought, you know, after, every, you know, after four years, it's time for a new lesson. And it would be a good idea to learn a new word. So, you get Spanish lessons every four years. <laughs> Who said learning a language, a second language is difficult, isn't it? Good. So, the word for today is sabor. Sabor. And you are going to repeat that after me. Okay? One, two, three. Sabor. Ah, you know, you don't understand, but you need, you know when you speak Spanish, Spanish comes from within. Okay, from within, and, and then you have to inhale, get ready, and say the word. Okay, so are you ready now? Yeah. Sabor. Good. Now you have really expressed the meaning of the word sabor. By the way, sabor means taste, flavor. Taste, flavor. Sabor. Good. So before I go into the passage, I want to share um, with you about different experiences. We all went through, I went through, um, and this is not a chat, 
Don't confuse this. This is not a, oh, Priscilla is just being in, you know, a chat, chat, chat. No, no, no. Um, the kingdom of God is present in our everyday situation. So the kingdom of God is here. So I'm going to go back to Christmas, if you don't mind. You forgot about Christmas? You're going to remember it today. So we were all ready, getting ready for Christmas, and you know what I mean. Uh, then Omicron turned up. We had plans. Oh, yes. We had invited people to our houses, book friends to visit us during Christmas period, and Omicron started interfering with our plans one by one. In this country, planning, planning is a big thing. <laughs> planning for holidays a year in advance, planning a meal, planning a building project, planning a picnic, planning a diet, planning a visit, planning family, planning studies, planning funeral, planning weddings, planning, planning, planning. Not only that, but we also like things to do to go in a certain way. There are special occasions, like a wedding or like Christmas, that there are certain elements that must be present. Otherwise, it's not Christmas. Um, in my road, we have a WhatsApp group. And one of my neighbors, uh, on the 21st, she sent a message to all of us saying, I forgot to buy the Christmas crackers. So, wow. Yes, that's an important element for Christmas. There's an order of event. And we are sort of proud, isn't it? When, when we go uh, good planners, when we, we are good planners, and we cover you know, every single ground from A to Z. Yeah? And then Omicron turned up. And deleted a culture of planning. Now planning, if we could call it planning, is day by day, you know, interrupted by a PCR or a lateral flow test. Plans have been smashed, and we feel deflated. Nothing tastes sin sabor without taste, tasteless sin sabor. Now, let me tell you something that maybe you don't know about my Christmas. What do I think is a proper Christmas? Because I was brought up in Argentina. So this is Christmas according to Priscilla. I grew up there in the South Hemisphere, and Christmas is the 24th of December, and we meet all around 9 p.m. when finally you know, the sun goes down. And uh, this is in the middle of the summer. We probably have a table in the garden, and with the Christmas tablecloth and the special plates and glasses, temperature around 30 degrees, it is hot. And if you're a child, you are seriously told off badly, I would say, if you keep opening the fridge, because things need to keep fresh. So the meal is about salads, cold meats, fruits, ice creams, cold drinks, icy drinks. And at midnight, uh, we all make a toast and we say, Feliz Navidad, Happy Christmas. And we have a Christmas tree and presents and we go out and we say, Feliz Navidad to our neighbors and we have fireworks together and we share a drink and maybe a pan dulce, which is a type of panettone. And we end up in the swimming pool after that or with a hose pipe fight. 
it is hot. And on the 25th, we eat whatever is left. Some of the families stand up and after lunch, every grown-up goes for a long siesta. The children play with their new toys and more water games. That is a proper Christmas. <laughs> with all the proper elements. It's a sweet thing in my memory. Christmas for me has changed a lot, as you can imagine. And uh, not only that uh, do I live in the northern hemisphere, but I am the only one in the family who is not Nigerian. <laughs> Why are they laughing? So, they all come to my house because my, ha- my house happened to be the biggest one. So, come to my house. So, I don't have a table for 20 people. But we split things from adults and children. And then they're all there and suddenly the doorbell rings and you open the door and there you have another family that, that you didn't know was coming. <laughs> so, Feliz Navidad! <laughs> and this is a confession. I go to my bedroom. I try to calm myself down. And I count it in my head how many pieces of chicken I have to offer, if I have enough or not. And I said, okay, okay, Priscilla, come on, come on. Think about the first Christmas. Because your idea of Christmas is according to your childhood, your culture. You need to refocus here. So I think, okay, Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, it was night, no other members of the family without Omicron, okay? Where was Elizabeth? You know, the cousin, the mother of John the Baptist? Where, where was Mary's mother? The auntie? Another auntie somewhere? Nobody assisted her. And then the animals, the smells, let's say the unpleasant surroundings. And if it was not enough, this bunch of who are you turn up. I don't know if Mary and Joseph have other plans for the arrival of the child, but I'm sure you will agree with me But that was a little bit, you know, uh, unconventional. <laughs> Not very conventional. However, Jesus was born. <laughs> Amid an unconventional situation, the light of the world is here. The main, the most important event that he has changed history forever. Now, let's go to the story we read today, the in Canaan. There was a wedding. This is Jesus' territory. There was a wedding. Jesus and his disciples were invited. This is the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And he's going to do something to show the essence of what he is about. This is the first event, and we expect that he is going to do a wow entrance. What did he do? Well, let me tell you what he did not do. He did not raise the dead. He did not calm any storm. He did not walk on water. He did not heal the sick. He created 150 gallons of incredible wine. 
approximately 750 bottles of wine. You know, I don't know if you were here last Sunday, but last Sunday was all about water. You see, it's in, in, we're improving in St. Paul's, you know. Today is about wine. That's a lot of wine. Jesus chose a common event to turn up and show his glory. It seems that Mary, the mother of Jesus, has some special role organizing the event or helping with the organization. You know, weddings in those days were a huge event that, that would last for days. Can you imagine the organization? Food, entertainment, accommodation. But it puzzles me that we are given very confidential information about this event. John tells us about a huge problem in this wedding, the behind the scenes, the details of a disaster, but we don't even know the names of Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> I love the word of God. So different, breaking patterns, breaking what we think it should be. <laughs> so unique, so refreshing. So the wedding was going well, and suddenly Mary speaks and tells Jesus the problem, the disaster, the shame, the embarrassing situation. They have no wine. The wine has run out. Not a small problem in those days. You know, big questions being asked about the bridegroom and his ability to provide for his wedding. Some commentators suggest that the bridegroom would have to face legal problems for not having enough wine to provide for their guests. Don't know. And Jesus comes. And he saved them from shame. He's going to show himself, himself as a saver, show his glory in the midst of a problem, in the midst of an upside-down situation. No wine in a wedding. I love the kind of the simplicity of it. Now we look at it at this kind of a simple, but the profound and eternal meaning. They only had water, not taste. Jesus will bring sabor. Now the story takes different directions. Mary says, do what he tells you. So Jesus asked the servants to give him a hand in this miracle. And I personally like that. When Jesus wants to work a miracle in your life, very often he gets you involved in obedience and faith, and then the miracle begins to emerge. The servants fill up the stone jars to the brim, to the brim. And this amount of water requires a lot of trips to the well and back. So I'm thinking what the servants would have thought. And then that the water becomes wine and not any wine. The best wine ever. I wish I could have seen Jesus' expression as he watched the master of the banquet's face, as he tasted the choice, the best wine. You know, in my, my imagination, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think about Peter. Maybe he would have said, wow, Jesus, if you can do this wine, then what would your cooking taste like? <laughs> Jesus has brought... 
sabor to the party. The wine is a symbol of God's abundance to the brim, blessing. He brings to your life, no matter the circumstances. This passage has so many layers. It is like watching a film, you know, with the, the children. I watch a film and, and I know they understand certain parts of the film, but you as an adult can reach other things, or can, sorry, can understand other meanings behind it. And talking about movie, um, I personally suggest if you haven't watched The Chosen, the series, The Chosen, you go, go and watch the wedding episode. Because it's about this passage. And you will love it. You will just Jesus enjoying a party, celebrating with his disciples, dancing. What a picture. The perfect human, the Son of God, the Creator. Dancing with the created. This is, by the way, this is not written in the Bible. But was the wedding just a bare, empty occasion for him to do a miracle? I believe his kingdom permeates the spiritual and the physical. It goes beyond those concepts. You know, when, when Jesus heals later on so many people, like the, like the man born blind, he is concerned about his physical condition as well as taking the opportunity to show the power, his power and glory. Yes, I believe he did enjoy the party with the friends, with food, the drink and the music. And he danced very well. And obviously this is a mirror of the great wedding, the wedding of the Lamb that is um, referred in um, revelation. Jesus brings to the party, but we must pay attention to some other details. Jesus fulfills the hope of the Old Testament. The wine has another connotation in the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, wine is associated with blood, and at the end of his life, Jesus would pick up a cup of wine and would say, This is my blood. The six stone water jars are for the Jewish rites of purification. Jesus is replacing the old order with something new. The water was used for purification, for the uncleanness to be clean. But Jesus says the uncleanness must be overcome for the relationship with the Father to be restored. So he goes for the ultimate cleanness, the death that you and I deserve is going to be suffered by Jesus. The old cleansing ritual is gone, replaced with his own blood. And in this way, Jesus brings his new age of blessing and fasting through his blood, he makes us clean and brings us to the ultimate banquet. And you and me are invited. Just like at the feast in Cana, our wine also runs out. We seek after fullness of life joy and satisfaction, but it does not last. 
If it's not Omicron, my friends, that spoils the party, it is something else. However, Jesus turns up. Jesus floods us with the superabundance of new life through his own blood shed for us. And through him we receive the cleansing we need and the sabor we actually crave. Because we were created for wine and not for water. No matter how many types of water we drink, it will never satisfy the real thirst. Without Jesus, we are drinking water. With him is the finest of wine. You know, perhaps, perhaps, I don't know about your Christmas. I know about my Christmas. I know about yours. But it all went upside down. Perhaps it's still upside down. Some things in your life, they're still upside down. What if, and listen to this, what if that is exactly what we need to go through to experience the right thirst. The right craving that he only can satisfy. There is a song that says, what if the greatest disappointments or the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater greater thirst this world cannot satisfy? Jesus keeps turning like in Bethlehem, like in my Christmas, like in your Christmas, like in Cana, like now. He keeps turning up in the midst of unconventional situations. The light of the world, the one who is still here through the Holy Spirit saying, you are welcome, you are welcome. I'm glad you made it this morning. I am here. I am here with you and I'm here when you leave this place. I'm with you when you leave this place. I am making everything new. There is sabor in me. And to finish, I'm going to read two verses from Psalm 36. And I think it's, it's absolutely beautiful. How precious is your steadfast love, O Lord, O God. All people may take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. And you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is a fountain of life. In your light we see light. God bless you.